0: Where football has gone today, Roger was the, the the back that started it all. What he brought to the table um, with Bill Walsh's guidance was a, an impact that at the time no other running back had had in the league. When you're the first in line to do whatever you've done, that means that you're a Hall of Famer.
1: Welcome to the Hall of Fame case for Roger Craig. We're so honored that you've joined us because we are thrilled to make the case that Roger Craig, the former 49ers running back, belongs in the Hall of Fame. Now, before we get started, I wanted to tell you how this came together a couple of years ago in fact about 2 years ago this time i was listening to knbr radio out of san francisco and one of their uh, radio guys larry kruger was was on the was on air and he was talking about roger craig and he started making the case for roger craig to be in the hall of fame i was so blown away by some of the stats that i didn't even know about that to me helped make the case of why Roger Craig is not in the Hall of Fame and why he belongs in the Hall of Fame that I reached out to Larry and asked him if I could have the, uh, the the notes that he was reading off of because I'm a writer for 49ers Web Zone and I wanted to write a story on why Roger Craig belongs in the Hall of Fame. So I reached out to Larry. He he reached out back, back to me and actually asked for my phone number so that he could call me and talk to me about it. So we got on the phone, and he started reading off these uh, stats and the, the, the numbers, and, and so I'm furiously writing them down. And then when we finished, he said, you know what, Mark, I think that this story really needs to get a lot of attention, because if we're going to do our part to get Roger Craig in the Hall of Fame, we've got to get a lot of coverage on this story. And so he recommended that I get some people like Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott, some of those guys and some of the former players and teammates of Roger Craig. If I could get some of those people to to jump on this project and give their endorsement for Roger Craig, that that would carry a lot of weight. So I asked him the obvious question, any idea how to get a hold of those guys? And he said, no. (laughs) So here I am trying to to write this story and trying to figure out how do I reach these 49ers legends? Well, it just so happened that I met someone who used to work for the team years ago and was able to hook me up with contact information for many of these 49ers. And so I wrote the story in February of 2022 is when it came out, the hall of fame case for Roger Craig. And so I had Joe Montana and I had Steve Young and Jerry and and Ronnie and and Brent Jones and many others and Carmen Policy and Eddie DeBartolo. We had a lot of statements from some legendary people. But later that year, Roger Craig still didn't get into the Hall of Fame. And so we decided we're not going to give up. We're going to keep moving forward. This time, let's take that story and build a four-part pa- four podcast series around it. And so that's what you're about to watch or hear, depending on where you're listening to this or watching it. So thank you for joining us. We're going to get into this with uh, the first couple of episodes are going to be with Larry Krueger where we ask the question, why is Roger Craig not in the Hall of Fame? And then we move on to the the second part, which is the numbers. Then we're going to move into some media and talk to some media members, including some Hall of Fame voters, uh, to talk to them about why Roger Craig belongs in the Hall of Fame. Then we're going to get to the players, guys like Steve Young and, and, and Ronnie Lott and Brent Jones and some of these guys. We're going to talk to them and find out why they believe that their former teammate – belongs in the Hall of Fame. This is the Hall of Fame case for Roger Craig. And so we're welcoming in Larry Kruger, the great Larry Kruger, the legend Larry Kruger, uh, who I first heard this argument for Roger Craig and just had to find out more about this. So Larry... Why is Roger Craig not in the Hall of Fame?
0: Well, Mark, it's a it's really a number of factors that have kept him out. Um, he was a tremendous player. He's one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. Um, but everybody does need an advocate, and his advocate and the advocate for the 49ers um that were I mean I, sh- when I say everybody needs an advocate. You know, Joe Montana does. Uh, Ronnie Lott doesn't. Steve Young doesn't. You know, their, their case is, has, is, is ironclad. Roger, because of his utilization, um, case is more nuanced, and he did need an advocate. And unfortunately, Bill Walsh would have been that advocate. And Walsh's voice, uh, for those who are a little bit on the older side and remember Bill Walsh, um, you know, carried a lot of weight in the NFL. I mean, if Bill Walsh said something, it was gospel. His his opinion carried as much weight as any individual football person in the history of the NFL. Um, as much, because he is, he's not only thought of as one of the great pioneers in the game, but he also was a guy who started the minority coaching hiring program. Um, he was a guy that was respected, uh, you know, as a, as a real cerebral pioneer and as a deep thinker and as somebody who was always, you know, we talk about analytics now. He, Bill was analytics before analytics. <laughs> he was on the cutting edge of everything. He advanced mm-hmm. the conversation offensive of, of offensive football and in some ways created Roger Craig um, coming out of Nebraska and Walsh unfortunately died too early. Yeah. And so Roger did not have that powerful advocate. And in my heart of hearts, Mark, I really believe that if Walsh had publicly advocated for Roger, and he would have, um, Roger would have glided easily by now into Canton. So the absence of Walsh, I think, is primarily uh, the issue. The secondary yeah. issue is that the 49ers, you know, didn't have a a. a, 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 a you know they weren't a force pushing for this, um, like I think they probably should have been. I, I don't know if it was because of the 1990 NFC Championship game fumble. I know they hold Roger in high regard; the organization does, from Jed and Denise and Doctor John all the way down. Um, but maybe some of that fumble in that '90 game against the Giants may have 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 cost some of the cost him a little bit of the momentum that he would have had. Coming from the Forty Nineers side of things, so I, I think those are the primary reasons. And then also just Jerry Rice is the greatest statistical football player in the history of the of offensive football. Nobody's ever done anything to offensive records like Jerry has impacted them, and that's awesome. And it's really an incredible thing. But there is a price to be paid for that, and Roger I believe is paying that price.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that you make great points, and I, I I know there are people who hold the fumble against Roger Craig, which is crazy, because, right. I, I mean, you're talking one play, and Carmen Policy said that the, after that play, there were things that still happened, you know, there was the Mark, Mark Bavaro catch where he carried multiple 49ers with him down the field, and so it's, it is silly to, to, to consider that. And, and then there's, there is also an argument that people hold it against Roger Craig that he played in Walsh's system and he played with Montana. But you said that that actually should favor him when it comes to the Hall of Fame.
0: Well, I mean, I cover football, you cover football, every, you know, there's many people you'll talk to that cover football and it's very rare that you go into the locker room after a victory and the running backs have all had, you know, the running backs had 125 yards and the receivers have had, you know, each had a hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. It's just not the way it works. You know, there's only one football. There's only, you get in the red zone only so many times over the course of a football game. And, um, you know, If the ball goes to the receiver, then it doesn't, usually doesn't go to the running back. If the touchdown's scored by the receiver, it's not scored by the running back. And right. this is where, and I, I, I really find this one hard to understand why people don't grasp this more. Um, we've got stats that reveal everything, and yet people don't understand that the greatest statistical football player ever was Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice... has set receiving records and he put them in the stratosphere. The game has become so much more offensive and yet receivers today in a pass happy league still are not approaching Jerry's statistical numbers and records in a lot of cases. That's how dominant he was. And if you know the personality, the personalities, Roger was just a gregarious, he was intense, but he was all about the team. He played halfback. He played fullback. He would block for, for Wendell Tyler early in his career. Um, he was a receiver if they wanted to use, utilize him that way. Jerry, I really believe this and I don't, I hope Jerry doesn't take this the wrong way because I don't believe, you know, Jerry is the one of the greatest of all time, but everybody's fueled by something different. I think that everybody needs something different to be great. I think Jerry needed that constant affirmation of, Hey, you're the guy. You're the guy. Um, and I think Roger was a guy that could take it either way, right? He could be the star, he could be in a supporting role, and he was happy either way. And I think the personalities really played a role in that. Roger Craig was a dominant football player. You could make an argument that the 1984 Niners were maybe the greatest Niner team of all time. In the pinnacle game of that season, the Super Bowl at Stanford, the Niners beat the Dolphins. Roger Craig could have been the MVP of that game. Mm-hmm. He scored three touchdowns. He was easily the best player on the field. He was completely dominant. And yet yeah. the Super Bowl MVP went to Joe Montana. And I think if that had gone to Roger, I think that would have probably uh, changed the dynamic on his Hall of Fame candidacy. So I really feel like Roger was a spectacular football player, but he also was a spectacular person who was team-oriented and I think because he was so team-oriented, and you could make the same claim, by the way, about Brent Jones. I think a lot of the guys who played with Jerry Rice, their numbers are suppressed by the presence of Rice.
1: Yeah, I, I found it interesting that uh, when we were doing the story that Joe Montana said if it wasn't for Jerry and John Taylor, Roger would have had, an even, gr- had even greater numbers. And then he said That's- you can't use the he-was-part-of-the-system argument. Look at Tom Brady. He just threw his 600th touchdown pass. This was a couple of years ago, but that's all teams do today. Throw the ball. So if Roger benefited from the system, you have to say the same about Brady and all the other players playing today. And that makes your point that he was great in a time where they really weren't playing. That's, that's why Walsh was so innovative um, that uh, his offense was just different and Roger Craig was one of the reasons why. Let me ask you this. I'll I'll be asking Matt Mayoko this as well, but Matt told me that before Bill Walsh died, that Walsh said he couldn't use his offense to the fullest until he had Roger Craig. What do you think about that statement? Because I think of all the statements, that may be the biggest, that the great Bill Walsh, couldn't fully use his offense until he had Roger Craig.
0: I think we got a glimpse of it this year in a very similar player um, with Christian McCaffrey's impact on Kyle Shanahan's offense this year. I don't think Shanahan's offense really got to that level that it could get to where they were scoring 35 a game until you introduced the, the back out of the backfield as a safety valve as the continuity piece to keep the offense on the field. You know, so much of, if you want to say what were the similarities of Shanahan and Walsh, it was, it was, you know, the ball control. Um, and Shanahan does it through a run heavy scheme. Walsh did it through a short passing scheme. And we saw the 49ers utilize a little bit of both of that with McCaffrey and, and it obviously to great success. And, and obviously I think what Walsh was talking about there is that, you know, if you don't have the running back in that high percentage, throw it in the flat, to the running back if if you don't have that element you don't have the continuity piece to keep you on the field but roger and mccaffrey also give you a dynamic a dynamic playmaker on those throws to the flat and if i'm thinking back to the thousand thousand season so many of those passes were joe looking downfield, not having anything, and here comes Roger out of the backfield, Joe hitting him in stride, Roger making one guy, two guys miss, and then creating a huge play out of that with a lot of run after the catch yardage. So in a lot of ways, I feel that was a major component of Walsh's offense was throwing to the running back in the flat uh, to pick up easy yards, catch him off guard, um, and sometimes those plays became touchdowns because of the dynamic nature of Craig.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he was a mismatch. Whether they, they want to put a, a defensive back on him or a linebacker, he's an instant mismatch, just like Christian McCaffrey was this year for the 49ers. Larry, thank you. We're going to have Larry back in Part 2 when we make the case for Roger Craig to be in the Hall of Fame.